Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, hey there, what's up everybody? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour number 73 for November 5th, 2019. I am Steve Witchell in New Orleans. It's Tony B coming to you live from New Jersey, episode 73. Yes, Uh, we missed last week due to conflicts in our schedules, but we're back. We're back, baby. That was episode 72. Yes, I got uh, a message from somebody, and now I... I just remembered it just now that I got a message from somebody because last time I was talking about how we get all these listeners, but nobody actually comments or contacts us or anything. So it's hard to know who they are. Um, but this guy, oh, we were talking about the putting the, cause I put the list together with the BPM and stuff. And he said, uh, he said, I'm one of those guys that are sitting in the back all quiet. Um, but, and then he gave me, he sent me a link to, uh, a site that had uh, like a BPM search thing where you could just type in the um, the name of the song and the key comes up and the BPM comes up and everything. So I was like, that makes everything a lot easier. Um, so that I oh I, yeah, did you guys uh, send me that link? Yes. Um, so I appreciate that uh, that listener sending me that information. That was very helpful. All right. See how it all works, man. It's all working. It's great. Um, all right, so we're live on Facebook right now. Share in a group, right? Group name, Cover Band Central. It should go in there. Okay. I'm trying to get people to listen live here. So include original post as well. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, post. All right, let's see if this works. I I did try to um, tease this tonight um, because I want some people to join us. So let's see if this works for once. Um, so how you doing, man? I haven't talked to you in two weeks. Doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, been a busy boy. Um, when last we left, I, I you'll have to remind me because so much has happened in the last two weeks that I don't even remember uh, where I left off two weeks ago with, with what was going on in my, my playing situation anyway. If you even remember, you might not even remember. 
Hang on, let me bring up episode 71 and see if I can... 72. This is 73. I don't recall exactly. We talked about a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't recall, recall exactly. Well, I was um, talking about well I, I, that I had a sub gig on Friday, but I hadn't played in about two months. I hadn't played a gig, and that was a long time that I, I had gone without playing. Right, and yep. so so the sub gig was it was four o'clock in the afternoon till uh, about nine thirty at night, and it, it was. Uh, at a place called Bourbon Heat, which is a place I never played before, never even stepped foot in before. And it was with this guy, um, Austin Secard. He's a, a guitar player who I've played with many, 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 many times. And um, this guy playing drums, his name is Biscuit. Um, that's not his real name, though. His name is Brian, but everybody calls him Biscuit. And just a three-piece. And uh, I, I played with Biscuit a lot before, too. And um, I was looking forward to it just because it was, you know, a gig. <laughs> you know, I hadn't played a gig in a long time. To me, anyway, that was a long time. And then early that afternoon, I got a call or text from my friend Robert, who plays in a band called Rockbox at Fat Cats. And I've played there many times with those guys. I've subbed for him many times. And he said uh, his kid was sick. Um, his uh, He's got two young children and the uh, one is a baby still and um the older one is still young but got the flu and so he had to quarantine uh that child so that the baby didn't catch anything because that would be dangerous for a baby i'm told Mm -hmm. um so in order to do that he would have to take work off work so (laughs) is that a sorry baby's crying back here there you go um. So he would have to take off work, and so I was like, "Yeah, I, I'd like to help you out, man, but I, I have this gig until you know." And at the time, I thought it was till about ten. And he said, "I'll tell you what, I'll come in and I'll play the first set, the first group of sets. They play, they do four sets, which is three hours. They take a half hour break, and then they do another four sets, another three hours. And uh, he said, "I'll come in and do the first four, and then you know the break time will coincide with when I'm done." So. I'll come down. And he said, you can come down and finish the night. I was like, yeah, man, no problem. So I went from not playing for two months to playing from 4 o'clock in the afternoon to one thirty at night. Nice. I played f- nine sets that night. So from nice. in the afternoon and then, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was really thrilled about it. And, but my fingers were like, I, I mean, I had no problems playing, but n- not playing for just two months, really. My calluses kind of go away. Right. So I was feeling it in my fingers. I'm like, wow, I haven't felt like this in a long time where it actually kind of hurt my fingers a little. Um, I was like, ah. But I, I, the first gig, dude, with Austin and Biscuit, they, they like to jam. You know, Biscuit does uh, like a lot of like he's he's his voice. He's got a raspy like Joe Cocker voice. Really good. You know, he can he sings great. Um, and Austin sings great, too. And um we did kind of like a round robin with vocals where I would sing awesome and sing and biscuit would sing and we would just keep going around and it was cool. There's no stage. It was just a bar. We were, we had our backs to bourbon street, like literally hanging out of the door of the front of the place with our backs to bourbon street. So people on the sidewalk are, you know, right there walking by us. And 
on just on the floor. But the PA sounded really good, and it was busy. Uh, Halloween weekend officially, I guess, in New Orleans because uh, Halloween was on a Thursday, but the weekend before, people pretty much start celebrating it um, here. Right, so, right. Um, so good crowd had a really, really, really good time playing in that playing that gig i was just excited to play and then we got to play just jam songs you know where we got to we could just let loose and rip we didn't have to care about really much of anything other than playing and did you guys dress up as anything no 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 not for that no it was thursday so for us it was like you know it was the week before or uh, friday i'm sorry but it was still you know the the week before thanksgiving but people you know new orleans people were walking around in costume um but a uh, real good time, man. I got to sing a lot, and I hadn't sung in uh, in a while, too. But I'm always kind of, like, singing around the house. But, you know, it's a different thing when you're singing live. And uh, our friends, uh, a couple friends of ours came out that weekend that uh, come out um, every few months. And uh, a good time. So I did that, and then when we were done, just shot down to a couple of box blocks down the down the street to fat cats and then played four sets with those guys and again just had a blast um i was just excited to be playing out playing and that showed in you know how i was feeling and how 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 i was playing and how i was performing really and uh i it, it seems like a long time i mean that's a long day four four hours uh, or four o'clock so that's eight nine and a half hours playing most of that time so um it's a long that's a work day that's a welcome back day yeah welcome back steve let's go right to work so during the course of that night before i started playing with rockbox robert the bass player said you know that he might be needing to take the rest of the weekend off due to his child being ill and the bass player at crazy corner texted me prior to that and said hey man can you do tomorrow and and sunday (laughs) so i went from not having nothing to having a choice basically of where to play that night and i went with with uh, or play for the rest of the weekend so but i went with robert since he was the first one that that contacted me earlier in that day so i confirmed that and then uh yeah saturday night Again, went in just feeling just so excited and grateful to be playing. And especially with that band. I love that band. I love the music. I love the people in it. I'm, you know, I'm friends with all of them. And um, they, they're they really good. And they, they just put on a great show. And they always have that crowd singing along. And just uh, Eric Knight, the singer, he's, uh, he's very, very good at, at being a front man and, and having the crowd involved and, and everything. So I really love playing with that band. And it showed again Saturday because people now were like full into Halloween costumes Saturday night. So people were coming in just looking cool. These two girls, two hot girls dressed as uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, full on makeup, full on costumes, you know, like classic kiss look. And they just looked, wow. and they looked great. You know, the two of them, they, they both looked hot the way they were dressed. And, and we did uh, rock and roll all night and had them come up on stage and dance. I took a little video of that. And, uh, oh, man, good stuff. Um, but, uh, but 
tour, like we did the first four sets and then took our break and came back and did our other four. And that second four, there was there was a magic in that band and in that room that you always kind of strive for. You know, you're always playing to reach that point where it, the whole is way greater than the sum of its parts. And that was what happened that night. Um, I I was just feeling like I perform on that stage. I have a good good amount of room on that stage, and you know, I mean, I'm not going like '80s crazy ape shit, but I perform. You know, I'm playing to the crowd, and that's not something really that the other bass player does as much. So the guys appreciated it and kind of fed off of it, and um, and we did a. They had been had been wanting to do. They do um, Enter Sandman, and the the guitar player Vince does this whole intro to it, and it's really cool. Um, and uh, they had wanted to do "For Whom the Bell Tolls" by Metallica in in inside of Sandman, and um, so I went. They told me that Friday, and so I went Saturday afternoon, and I went over it. I hadn't played it in a long, long time, so I went over it. And this is towards the end of the night. We did that. And I was just so into it, man. I was like front of the stage. I'm doing, you know, it's it's a fun song to play on bass, or I'm, I imagine on guitar too. Um, and the crowd was loving it. The band was loving it because they hadn't played it, and they were really wanting to. And uh, that was a blast. Then we did, we this is how we ended the night. We did that. Then we did uh, "Sober" by Tool, where I start, you know, with a uh-huh. um and I was right in front of the stage. <clears throat> crowd loved it. The crowd was jam-packed at this point, like with sardines. I mean, it was like that most of the night, but this point, it was just, they were just skin to skin in that room. And uh, <clears throat> so we did that, and then we closed it with uh, Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. And we just all were just let it out, and we got into it, and the band was on fire. And the cra- when we finished that song, the roar from that crowd was deafening it was something that i rarely hear on bourbon street how loud those people got how into it they were and uh good feeling man it just you know that's why i do this (laughs) for that energy you know that putting out that energy and really meaning it and then having it come back to you immediately from people who are digging it or appreciate it well like you said those are the gigs we strive for you know the magic and where it's packed and the energy is there, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, That's good. So you had a good little stretch there. Yeah. So then I played on Sunday too with them and it wasn't, wasn't as busy, uh, which Sundays generally aren't, but I figured Halloween weekend still going to be pretty good. And it was, and we ended up doing six sets and, uh, and again, had, had a really good time. So um, I'm always happy to play with that band, and uh, I'm the, I'm the go-to uh, fill-in guy for them. So it's nice. Look, I have this link up, and nobody is noticing the fact that this link is up. Let me see if I can bump it. And do like we're we're live now. Let's see. You need works. like some something to uh, grab people's <clears throat> attention. I have it. It looks great. I don't know. No, like an animated, like a guy pointing or someone throwing something out of the screen at you, you know? <laughs> something that's like a attention grabbing. 
You're like, what is that? I don't think it's the the question of attention. Uh, and then people attention. are like, oh my god, it's wisdom hour. I gotta go. I'll call you back. <laughs> I don't think it's a question of attention, though. I think it's uh, just a, a question of of Facebook reach. It just doesn't it doesn't hit everybody's computer screen or or phone right. screen, right? Um, like other things do. There's a prior something like how the emergency broadcast network comes across and your phone's like, dude, dude, you know, warning or tells you something like important. We need something like that. Yeah, there's like like a supervillain could do that, like take over the network and just make it take over the emergency broadcast the network. CBC. I want to be the supervillain. Super villain. <laughs> And take away. <laughs> there has to be a supervillain within the 125,000 members of Curve Central. There must be at least one. I think there's way more than one. <laughs> Cons- <laughs> yeah. Considering how some of these people are in there, I think there's way more than one. Yeah. Me- super and mega villains as well. Oh, man. The stuff I got to deal with on a daily basis, man. I got to. This is just so ridiculous that I have to read this. And I'm sorry that I'm throwing this guy under the bus, but you friggin' deserve it. Um, and I'm gonna. Uh, I should have had this ready. It'll only take a second. I kicked somebody out of the group today, and I do that almost every day. Um, for <laughs> give him the boot. Yeah, for violating rules, and there's very simple rules to follow. Violation. Yeah, and rule number one is to be cool to everybody. Be cool to each other, you know. And I know that's a little vague, but you know, you know when somebody's being cool or, or not. So, I you know I booted a few people out today during the course of the day, and it happens every day. And usually, I don't even ever hear anything again. But this guy, uh, several hours later, wrote me a message, and he said. Just curious as to why I was booted from CBC today. And I said, not sure what was your last comment because I couldn't remember. And I went to look and just to confirm that it was me that booted him. And sometimes you can see, sometimes you can click on a thing and see what the, the post was or the comment was. And for some reason, sometimes you can't and I couldn't. So I just said, not sure what was your last comment. And he said, a link, a link. he posted a link to his a group that he runs. And he said, a link to the egotistical, self-righteous, over-opinionated, asshole cover band musician group. And the words, some of y'all belong here. So he, <laughs> so okay. he was advertising his group in, in a comment, in a thread. He put a, a comment on somebody's post that wasn't confrontational in any way. And he put a link to his group, which is called... The egotistical, self-righteous, over-opinionated asshole cover band musicians. That's the name of his group. Okay. How many members does he have? Um, less than a hundred. Okay. And I said, "I said, okay, LOL. Pretty sure you can figure out the answer then. Why he was booted? Because he broke rule number one about being cool to each other. You don't come in here and call people." assholes <laughs> or self-righteous or opinionated or egotistical he has all those nasty words in the name of his group he calls people egotistical self-righteous over opinionated and assholes mm-hmm. so he must be a fun guy to be around um 
<clears throat> so I said, okay, LOL, pretty sure you could figure out the answer then. And he responded, wow, with all the other nasty comments, you booted me for that? Looks like you belong in the group too. <laughs> so, yeah, that's some of what I have to deal with every day. That's good stuff, man. Is it? Is it? It's reply, indeed. Uh, I reply, my reply was, yeah, no. Good luck with that. <laughs> I love doing yeah, no. Yeah, no. Two oh, well. opposite words. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so, uh, yeah, busy, uh, busy day every day in, in CBC, but... It's the thing, man. Playing, it's if I'm playing a lot, it's tough to manage everything CBC. I can't, I can't really do both. The, the CBC takes so much time, and I need to be home. I need to be at at my computer and you know doing stuff. There's some things I can do remotely, but not nearly as as effectively as I can at home. And then when I'm out, you know, I'm doing stuff, I'm doing stuff here. You know, I'm out doing stuff. Yeah, so I can't be. Uh... <clears throat> now you're most effective when you're in your, you know, your own environment that you're used to working in. Yes. With all your familiar stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, it's not. It it's just the ease of of the equipment too. You know. The, the, That's what I mean. The big, ease yeah. of access to everything, and you know, know where everything is, and it's easy to get to. Yeah, and it's just more functional the, having the, the Mac here than than my phone. There's more I can do on my Mac than on my phone. And, uh, yeah. And I get to sit in my underwear or my pajamas, too, which I always like. There you go. Added bonus. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So that was the, that was not this past weekend, but the prior weekend. Then I got a text from the bass player from Crazy Corner saying he wants to take off for a little while and give me some of his dates. And they work five nights a week. And this was, I, I believe this was on Monday, Monday or Tuesday. And uh, he said, I'm going to give you some and I'm going to give this other guy, Jason, some. Um, and he, we were kind of conversing in, in a three, uh, in all, in all in the same text message. Yeah. And then Jason contacted me and we worked out which days we're going to take. Really cool guy, man. Great bass player. Like he's way better than me. Um but he he's not he doesn't play like I do and the way I play is a little more suited to that band but but he's still I mean I think he's a great bass player um and a super cool, cool guy so we worked that out so I ended up playing the first uh of these fill-in days I, I played was Halloween last Thursday I played Halloween night in New Orleans New Orleans at at the crazy corner, that was with the Kiss Girls. No, this is no. We're moving on. The Kiss Girls was Saturday, the weekend pre Halloween, the weekend weekend prior to Halloween. Yes. Sorry, I let me update my notes here. Hang you got to keep up, man. Yes, get a stenographer to feed this back to you. <laughs> Faster, Jimmy. Sorry, yelling at him now. Faster, Jim. Stuff down faster, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. Um, 
Yeah, so I played Halloween Night, yeah, uh, which I love, 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 playing Halloween Night in New Orleans. Uh, now, did you guys uh, get dressed up for that gig? I did, and Tracy, the singer, Tracy, my old friend. Did you get dressed up like Tr- a bass player? <laughs> no. Um, oh. But just out of the six people in the band, only Tracy and I got dressed up. And I'm I was subbing, and she's the new person in the band. Um, and we were the only ones that got dressed up. Um, but I guess they didn't get the memo. Didn't. Did you Did you send it out? I did. I mm. did. I, well, I I didn't send out a memo. I sent out a a a, a question to because I knew a couple days prior. So I contacted Jason, the band leader, and said, "Are we all getting dressed up?" He said, "Uh, uh I don't know." He said, "I'm not going to make anybody dress up." I'm like, "Well, you're the band leader. You decided. Like, I'm not going to make anybody do it." I'm like, "All right." I'm going to get dressed up anyway. And mm-hmm. and then like three or four hours before the gig, he calls me. He's like, dude, we're going to get dressed up, man. You got to, you know, got to try to help me with my makeup and stuff. I'm like, okay. Um, but he didn't end up getting dressed up and I didn't have to do his <laughs> makeup. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I was glad about. But uh, yeah, jam-packed. Halloween night, New Orleans is like Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Um, just crazy, and everybody goes. People go all, all out when with costumes. Uh, really, a lot of clever ideas and a lot of funny stuff, and you know, a lot of your typical types of costumes too. But, but people, you know, they put some time into it. What's the most unique costume you've ever gone out in? Gone out in? Yeah, like b- gone out as you know. Uh, unique, huh? Yeah, like most memorable, unique. I have three. I have three that come to my mind that I could. I I, I was I've never been a very good unique costume wearer. I go for the your typical shit. I go your your vampires, your scary looking dudes. Um, uh, I I like doing like the scream thing. I told I told that story a while ago. Uh, when I did that, I've gone out as Superman. Um, as uh. And I'm just talking about times when I played, you know, um, not like when I was a kid. Um, but go ahead, you tell because yours are probably way more interesting than mine. So <laughs> no, I went. My top three costumes was one was when I went as Jerry Garcia, the gig you and I played. You were a priest. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, I was a priest. I remember being a priest. Yeah, I kind of had the rainbow vest on, and it was like this giant wig, and it just had eyes and a mouth, but it was all hair. Anyway, that was the Jerry Garcia one was good. It was like a werewolf Jerry Garcia, and then I was Homie the Clown. Oh no! One time, and I was uh, the best costume ever. Though I was a pile of leaves. Yes, he told me about the pile of leaves one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Halloween's good, man. I, it rained here, though, so there's no trick-or-treaters this year. Oh, bummer. That's always a yeah. bummer, man. It, uh, it was nice here. It was, it was cooler, it, and it, that was one of the first days of the fall where it really kind of got cooler, significantly cooler here. So it was in the you know low 60s, upper 50s maybe at night, which to me is heaven. I loved it. It felt great. It just felt ah, crisp air, man. feels good. And 
I had just such a great time. I love playing on Halloween. I love the whole the whole vibe, the whole party vibe, the whole costume thing. You know, sexy girls and and you know everybody's just having fun and partying. And um, yeah, had a real good night. So it was nice to come back to Crazy Corn. And I, you know, I played I played there within the last two months too. So it wasn't hasn't been that long, but. Um, and hey, did you guys tap into your Halloween song no, list? No, no, not at all. Any of those bands, or no, no, negative, no. Yeah, they're not down with my my genius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, they're yeah, they they uh, like uh, Bourbon Street bands. Don't rehearse. Don't plan songs. Don't plan shows. Don't learn new songs. Barely. Um, so yeah, that 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 list is for other people who actually care about what they're doing. I know there's a lot of them out there, and I'm not saying that these bands don't care; they just don't care in that sense because it doesn't. What matter. a shakeup on Bourbon Street if you had a band that actually did that. Imagine that. I would love it, man. I think there's there's room for it. I think there's opportunity for it. Uh, and when I was running the band, it, my goal initially when I was running the band at Crazy Corner years ago was to do that, to get to the point where we were ticket, we were checking off all the boxes of things that I talk about that are important with, with running a cover band. But the challenge for me was players. Like I had a, a, a kind of a revolving door of players, singers, drummers, mostly. The, like the keyboard player and the guitar player were, were constant um, but I, I went through so many drummers in that band and, I, and singers I had, and I was constantly having to get people to sub for, you know, somebody who's sick or somebody who double booked or whatever. So it was, it was, I could never get it off the ground. And that is really the biggest challenge with every band on Bourbon Street. Um, but if you, ta- if you're able to kind of overcome that, I think there's a ton of opportunity to Bourbon Street is one of the most famous streets in, in the world. You know, everybody knows about it, about Bourbon Street. So you could have a show, like you could have a real show where you're just doing your thing every time, at the same show every night with a tweak here and there, whatever you need to tweak. But, and then, right. and have, you know, and advertise the shit out of it online and make it like a big deal and have people like lining up, have people like, like, the, there's places that, have place have things like that where people are lining up but it's not this kind of music but i think you can still do it with this and it's just a matter of getting everybody to to check all those boxes do it on on the same page and it's i think i still think it's doable i haven't completely given up on that idea so maybe i'll get that opportunity again who knows i'm not looking for it right now i'm not trying to get it but if i do get it it might be cool Opportunity abounds everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I played uh, Halloween and then <laughs> Saturday um, after that. And that was last weekend, right? This past weekend? Yeah. Okay. And so for the next couple of weeks, I'm playing three nights a week at Crazy Corner. So that's where we stand with that. Which is nice. Cool. Yeah, it's cool, man. I like I. If I'm not playing for too long, I feel like something is wrong in my life. Like I need to be playing. 
and I'm still really, I'm, I've been really working a lot on Cover Band Central stuff. Yeah, so it's nice to interject that, those gigs, you know? Yeah. I mean, it does kind of hamper my ability to accomplish CBC stuff, like I was saying before, but it's... Um, it's so you split up your time, you know? I need to find that balance, yeah. I need to find that perfect balance of... And I think doing three nights a week is, is the perfect balance, because... When when you get up to four and five nights a week, it it's very draining, dude. It really is very physically and psychologically exhausting. Like I I have to. I, it takes me a while to kind of get back into the the right headspace to be doing CBC stuff. Like I can do the routine stuff without having to think about it, but to really get into the creative mode and and the building of it, it's uh, I need rest. <laughs> And I don't sleep sleep well. Do you sleep like continuous, just like one, one shot of sleep? Like you go to sleep. Uh, I do. I'm sleep. very fortunate where, as soon as I lay down, close my eyes, I I don't wake up until my alarm goes off. That's cool. Like how how do how do you do that? I don't know. I've always just had the ability to do it, and I can only have to sleep like, you know, five hours maybe. I can get by on four. But, you know, no more than six ever. Really? Yeah, but typically like six six hours is a good night's sleep, and, and I get a solid six. Like I said, I could fall, I'm like, almost like a dog, you know what I mean? I lay down, close my eyes, I'm asleep. Right. And so you get the good, like, deep REM sleep and dreams and all that? Yeah, I don't. I seldom remember what I dream about, but I remember bits and pieces of things, so I know I'm having some kind of dreams. Right. Yeah, I. I mean, there's. It's incredibly rare for me to sleep more than four or five hours in a row. But that's the key to it: is the restfulness of the sleep. First, like I said, I I could. Fortunately, I do wake up rested. You know what I mean? I wake up, I feel rested. Even though I get up at 3 in the morning, I'm rested. Like, when I get up, I'm not get up. And I'm like, oh, like I'm tired, you know? I'm up. Like, I'm I'm charged and, and uh, rejuvenated. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. I can't do it. I I, I break up my sleep. You know, I'll, I'll sleep like four or five hours, wake up, do some stuff, and then take a nap several hours later for an hour or two kind of like I sleep when I'm tired you know that's it which I I, I kind of like living like that I like I don't want to be stuck to a certain regimen of going to sleep at this specific time and waking up at this specific time I want to sleep when I'm tired I want to eat when I'm hungry you know sure that's how I, I live my ideal life but it I I'm the opposite though dude I wake up and I'm like oh, I'm so fucking tired like I could just go right back to sleep. <laughs> exactly. But I don't because I end up doing, you know, I have certain routine things that I do when I wake up and, and that lasts like an hour, you know? So like by that time now, all right, now I'm up, you know, and I always think about it. I always think about, Oh, I should just go back to sleep. And then sometimes I try and I'm like, I can't sleep. I got to do stuff. There might be something wrong with me. Well, you know what it is too. You got to look at it from the perspective of, at least from from what I'm hearing, is if there's no set schedule or regimen or routine to set you in a certain rhythm or a pattern, 
then I could see how like just your sleep might be askewed, right? Because you're not getting continuous or consistent amount of sleep over a certain amount of hours of time. Right. You know, so you don't get like that deep that deep sleep. You know? I do get it though. I do get that. Like I just took a nap this afternoon for like an hour and a half and I slept deep, man. I know I did because I, I was dreaming and I remember the dreams when I woke up and yeah, I, I know the difference. Oh, cool. like, yeah. So I do get it, but I just don't, I don't sleep seven hours in a row or eight hours in a row. Never, never, not never. I can't say right. never. Rarely, but I think like you think, but if, so without the routine, like you said, you might lay down, you might be sleepy or sleepy or sleeping, but then your mind might start and you might start thinking about things and be like, Oh man, I, I really got to do this. And then you get distracted from, your purpose of trying to sleep, and then you get up and do something, you know? Yes, that's exactly like I, what If I went to bed at 9 o'clock, I wouldn't get up at 10, you know, wouldn't talk and turn, and then at 10 o'clock, be like, you know, let me get up and go do something for a couple hours. Right. Because I only have six hours to get sleep, you know? Right. Yeah, I just kind of like, if I'm inspired, then I I go. I just go with it. You know, like, I, I'm, yeah. and I, I almost can't, can't not, because it just keeps poking at me, like, Whatever the idea is, idea, idea, idea. Whatever this idea is, I'm like, oh, I'm like, hey, hey, brain, I'm trying to sleep. Okay. More about this idea. More about this idea. <sighs> All right, brain, I'll get up. <laughs> and then, then I have to go like write it down or, or or start it or whatever the thing is. But that works to my benefit because I end up being creative and I end up coming up with new new things. Uh, right. I've been doing a lot of lot lot more writing lately too. A lot more than I've done in a long time. Um, we're, I think we were talking about it last time about just kind of doing the funny, funny type articles. Was I telling yep. you all that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I came up with a couple more, and then the bi- this big one today, dude. This this is funny. I, I mean, you might not enjoy it as much being a drummer, but um, <laughs> and the, I don't mean that as an insult. <laughs> um. Somebody posted yesterday about that there was a debate about the key, the the right key of the song "Sweet Home Alabama." Um, the chord progression is D C G, and that is a chord progression, or, or those chords fit into G major. But a lot of people think of the song as the key of of D because it starts on a D, and that's the one of the song. So every time. It comes to the chorus it's right on the one is a d chord so that usually or, or you know in, in many cases in a song the one is your your tonic or your key or your your, your tonal center to to the listener to the to, to the casual listener so d is the first note d is on the one it feels like d but the way the chords are structured it's g major and so there was this debate. So this guy posted about this. He he just said, like, hey, guys, he posted in CBC group. He's like, hey, there's been this debate going on over at this other group about the, the, the key of the song. And he explained it there. And that post started getting a lot of action on in my group. And I I just thought it was such a, an intriguing conversation because I've always thought of the song as being in D. And then when people saying, "Oh, it's G major," I'm like, oh, "Okay, maybe." Oh, sorry, maybe I was wrong all along. 
thinking of it like D. Like I know how to play the song, so it doesn't really matter if I know what the proper key is because I know the proper notes to play. So, and there's lots of players that play that don't know music theory. Um, so it's not that big a deal, but the conversation became a big deal because there's there's uh, there's people on the D in the D camp and the G camp, and it's kind of like the. Do you remember the? Oh, well, you're not an internet guy, so you wouldn't know this. But there was a couple of years ago. There was this dress that people some see, people saw, saw it as blue, and some people saw it as gold. And there was a big debate about. Oh it. yeah, yes, yeah. I do. I remember that. Yep. Okay. So it's kind of like that conversation, and everybody's trying to to make their case and say, well, you know, it's because it's this flat chord here, and this this this. There's no C sharp in it, so it can't be D major, and. But, like, the debate was a really good... It's the kind of debate that I like where nobody gets mean. Nobody gets really, like, nasty with each other. But everybody's still trying to prove their point via examples or via their knowledge of music theory. Um, Any drummers weigh in about drum keys or down keys? No, the drummers stayed out of it. They know better. (laughs) And actually, probably some drummers did comment, but... Uh, but it became a big thing. So, so I, I made this meme, and I, again, you're not an internet guy, so you, so you may not have seen this meme. But it's it's been very popular, especially recently in the last couple of weeks. And it's it's actually a combination of two memes of this picture from this this woman from the TV show uh, uh, the Real Housewives of Bever- Beverly Hills, and she's yelling. The, the, the still of this shot is she's pointing and she's yelling at somebody and she looks angry and there's somebody next to her is trying to kind of calm her down. And then the other meme is this cat that is sitting in a chair at a dinner table and the chair is way higher than his head and the cat is just barely poking over the, the top of the dinner table and there's a plate of salad in front of the cat and the cat's eyes are kind of squinted just and looking looking in one direction, kind of just squinted, not looking at the sound, looking straight ahead. So that's the other half of the meme. So people have been making things that are just so funny with this thing, where where the, the, the girl is yelling a thing, and then the cat is is telling saying the right answer, but kind of being a wise ass at the same time. so i've been seeing them all over i'm like this is hilarious so i was like so i saw the sweet home conversation i'm like i'm gonna make a meme with with this thing because this is cracking me up so i i went and got the picture and went and 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 into photoshop and made a meme and i said uh for the girl yelling i said the key of uh of sweet home alabama is g and then the cat is like uh d mixolydian which is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is the mode, the fifth mode in G major. So it's actually the same thing. D mixolydian is the same as G major. But if you're thinking of the song in D as the tonic, as the root, uh, then you could think of the scale that you would play as D mixolydian, which is also G major. So, so it's like the, everybody's arguing about it. And so I put this beam up and, and it got so much, it's got so much responses so many responses to it and shares and people commenting on it and people were cracking up. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to write an article now about this. So I spent last night just sitting and writing 
the, the I called it the the great Sweet Home Alabama debate. What is the correct key of the song? And then I just went through all the facts of this. Like Leonard Skinner, they end the song in G major. So usually a song, the way the song ends, or, or the chord that the song ends on, is your root, it's your tonic, it's your key, it's your your tonal tonal center. Usually, not always, but usually. Um. So so I went and watched a bunch of Skinner lives because the, the the studio recording it fades out, and the live recordings, um, I went and watched a bunch of them from different eras, from, from the early 70s to like the, the recent ones. Every single time they ended it in G. So I'm like, okay, it's G major. And I, and if you Google it, it says the key is G major. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So I'm like, okay, the key is G major. But I wrote this whole article about it and then d- discussed why people think it might be in D. And that article has gotten a ton of responses and, and, uh, and engagement today. So that's been my day today dealing with that. Sweet home Alabama, the one just this one song <laughs> of you know and people it's so I, I love it. It's like some people are annoyed by it, like who cares? But to me it's just hilarious because there's really there there isn't really one definitive right answer for this. Cause it depends how you look at it. And and that's uh, that's why there's been such a debate, you know, because people are like, I look at it as a green or as a gold dress, and I look at it as a blue dress. But right, you but can play it either way, depending how you're looking at it. It sounds the same. Yeah, you're still arriving at the same destination, but you you know, hopefully, anyway, if if you play well, um, but, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. So um, so that's uh, that was that's a been a fun thing and i'm sure that debate will continue on oh yeah yeah that's going to be an article that will live on for a while that's why i wanted to write the article because that's going to be something that will uh people will always just draw about and it's it's a good one because it's a song that a lot of cover bands play still and does well still did you play it in wise and armors probably not right oh yeah no we played it Oh, you did? Uh-huh. Okay. Did it work? It did work. And as a matter of fact, I remember one time we played at a yacht club, and a guy came up to me, of all people, bypassed everyone else, right up to me, the drummer, and, and pulled out a $100 bill and said, play Sweet Home Alabama right now. 100 bucks. And gave me the, the money and turned around and walked away. Elderly John with his wife. And we happened to know it, so we put, we went into it. We played ex- extended version, and the guy was from down south, and he was he was thrilled to death, thrilled. Made his whole made his whole night. There you go. Well, I'm sure it was worth it if he paid a hundred bucks. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, it was for sure. Yeah, cool. But he danced, you know, with his wife, and he had a great time. Cool. As did everyone else that was there. You know, it's a good tune, and it is. It's, it's uh, people know it. We played that song at another uh, private event, and the guy got up. I don't remember his name, man, but he was really a professional singer. He was really good. He got up and sang it and then wove it. I think we talked about this when it happened, now that I'm telling the story again. But he wove it into 
what I got by Sublime and then wrote it back out again into Sweet Home and then carried it out that way. Yeah, that chord progression lends itself very well to a lot of different mashups of other songs. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the obvious ones are, are the one like the Kid Rock did he with Werewolves of London and then yep. All Summer Long. But, I mean, Sweet Child of Mine has a, a DCG you know, for, for the beginning part of the song. Uh, thing, uh, um, uh, uh, can't you see? Uh, yeah, is DCG the whole song? So yeah, that's a that's a popular rock and roll chord progression. Um, but yeah, that dude, that song works every single time. It, it that we play it here in New Orleans, and as soon as you hear those first couple notes, then people know it right away. It's yep. just and everyone gets up and they like it. People just know it right away, and they love it, and they scream, and they dance, and they drink. So that's what you want in your band. That is exactly what you want going on. Yes. Um, so I, I I apologize that I'm going to kind of dominate. I, I've been kind of dominating this whole thing, but I got to tell you about this Sunday, dude. This this past Sunday, two days ago, was one of my favorite days in my entire life. Of, wow. Of, one of my favorite days of being alive, a day that I will remember forever. And a day that I really, yeah, I just, there was a, um, my, my buddy Damon, a singer, and I talked about this probably before he passed away a, a month or so ago. I guess it's a little over. It was uh, late September, September 28th, 29th, around there. Passed away. He was a singer from New Orleans uh, that worked in New Orleans that I worked with quite a bit. And you did, you met him too, right? Right? He was the guy that was yes. singing when you mm-hmm. were here, when you yeah, were playing. Yeah. We talked about this. Um, and so Tracy, my good friend Tracy, who, uh, you know, was in the band with me at the Swamp, and now I'm playing with her at Crazy Corner, organized a benefit for him, uh, to for his family to uh, take care of, you know, any expenses that they had. Because he died, you know, pretty suddenly. He was sick. Uh, for a while, for not not a whole long, uh, a whole lot of time, but he kept it under the radar. Didn't really complain about it. Didn't tell anybody. Um, so uh, he he was well liked, and, and so Tracy organized this benefit. And and as soon as she organized it, she asked if I would play, and I said yes. And she asked uh, Sean from the band at the Swamp if he would play, and then Glenn from the band at Swamp if, if he would play as well. So basically kind of having a, a uh, reunion of the band uh, from the Swamp. And we all agreed, you know, a, and, uh, you know, gratefully to ag- agree to do that. And uh, early I got that. So I played that Saturday night, the crazy Saturday night Halloween weekend. And then the next morning had to get up and pretty early and, and then eat breakfast and get to this this club it was a bar smoky bar they still smoke in this bar in this town um you know not a not a terribly big place um but a decent size uh but you know a podunk smoky dartboard bar no pool table though <laughs> dartboard bar dartboard bar you, you, everybody knows what that looks and smells like um and i got there you know like 12:30 and i i, I was the one that was going to be like bringing the rig, my rig, base rig for other people to use, and 
and the rest of the remedy band we were bringing our our gear for everybody else to use during the course of the day and uh there was one guy there when i got there the sound guys were setting up and, and i chatted with them for a minute and there's one guy that i know who's a player is adam haynes he's a keyboard player amazing talent in this in this city um and i like like him a lot as a person and he was i, I didn't even know he was going to be there and i got there and he was there setting up and you know we chatted for a while and then uh then, uh, you know, everybody else kind of arrived, and it was just so nice to see people. It was so nice to see Sean. You know, I, I really love Sean. I think he's such a great person. Uh, he's a great drummer, and, um, you, know, he, I, you know, I just love the guy. Um, he's fun to be around, and uh, so I missed him. So it was good to see him. He, he came, and then Glenn. I've seen Glenn recently, but it was nice to see Glenn, too. Oh, Glenn played at... Uh, Fat Cats on Sunday too. By the way, he ended up filling in, so it's like this crazy, oh, nice. this crazy uh, revolving door again of musicians. Um, so you know, people were kind of trickling. We we were starting at two o'clock, and Tracy had some people helping her, but they they set up a raffle, and they had all these different prizes, and then uh, the silent auction, and they had you know, like stickers you could buy, and all sorts of stuff, and there were pictures of Damon all over the bar, um, and you know, a big one on an easel right in front of the stage. And uh, he was just s such a, a well-liked person. So it was nice to see. He, he was always smiling. You know, like you look at all the pictures, he's always smiling. That was the kind of guy he was. And uh, so we, we started playing, and again, people started kind of trickling in the room as we were going. And every time somebody walked in the room, it was like it was somebody that just about everybody in the, in the bar already knew. And it was somebody that was a musician and somebody that was a really good musician in, in New Orleans. And that just kept happening. That was just, it was just growing and growing as, as time was going on. And people were walking in the room like, oh my God, that person's here. Oh my God, that person's here. And th there was a point I was standing out, like other bass players came. So people got up to play my bass. And there was a point I was standing out there on the, on the floor watching the band, standing next to my friend Derek, who's the singer in Rockbox and also worked with us at the Swamp. And, and we're, we're looking at each other, both of us, and we're like, there is so much talent in this room right now. It is ridiculous. I, in one roof, in this podunk, smoky, dartboard bar, there, there, there's an immense amount of, of wonderful, amazing, talented people in, in this small space right now for one purpose and it just the feeling dude is yeah think of that concentration of musical energy it's it's indescribable i i i am trying to put the emphasize the magnitude of this in words it's uh, of that feeling of of just looking around every single place you turned you you're seeing a person that you know and you've worked with or you respect or you just know how how talented they are and how cool of a person they are and every you know all different kinds of people but just people that are are new orleans players that that are, are lifers and everybody's happy to see each other everybody was happy to see each other everybody's hugging everybody's joyful in the moment and tracy was running this show and tracy did a brilliant job at doing this at putting this whole thing together, at running the whole day, because she's she's somebody who's very emotional. She's very, she's very enthusiastic. She's, and you know, she's getting on the mic and she's talking about like 
get your raffle tickets and blah 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 and get your plate your your food plate for five dollars and just having fun she's always fun she's always funny and she managed to get every single person that came in that room that was a musician she managed to get them all up on stage every single person got up to play and there was no egos. There was no like, oh, I want to play another song or nothing. There was there was everybody working together in harmony, helping each other there for one single purpose and having this respect for the other people that they know are are talented. No egos. Nobody thinking I'm better than that person or none of it. Not it did not exist in that in that space. And that. That's it, man. It doesn't get any better than that for me. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I got to play most of that day too. There was a couple other, a couple other people that played bass, but for the majority of the songs that were played, it was me playing, and I was. It was just one after the other of these people that I I admire and respect and and love, and and we're getting up on stage and like, we did Purple Rain, and this guy Jeff McCarty, who is I met him years and years ago when I was running St. Rock and I had him sub for me on drums and he was a drummer and he was a really good drummer. No idea that he sung at that point. I, I had no idea that he was a singer. And then probably a year or two later, he got up on stage with another man I was with and sang. And I was like, holy cow, this guy can sing. I mean, really good, really tasteful, beautiful tone. I just, uh, killer voice and then he he got up there Sunday and sang Purple Rain and we had this kid was playing drums this kid who was a son of another person in the room that was a musician and he just locked it in man he did like Purple Rain just the perfect amount of groove without pushing that beat and just just sitting in that pocket and um and then Tracy and this other girl Sharon were singing backups on this other mic and I'm listening to this guy sing, and this is all in video too, by the way. And I was just like, "Man, this is—it's—it's it's overwhelming how incredible this moment is." So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like a super powerful experience, but like you said, it's, you know, one of your all-time favorite moments of all time in your life. One of my favorite days ever yeah in my in yeah. my entire life it was so just yes yeah, so powerful so what uh, a great thing to experience me like it's awesome you know it's an awesome experience because you because you probably won't experience that again not like that no yeah and a lot of us in the room were talking about man it's a shame that it takes something like this for us to all be together and then a lot of us started talking about let's organize something where we all can get together at least once a year for something, you know, just to get together. And a lot of people agreed. And then one of the people posted that um, suggestion on Facebook and, and everybody jumped in like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. So all it really takes is somebody really organizing it. So if I can help it with that at all, um, or, you know, I, I definitely will. I will love to facilitate something like that again and make right. it a regular thing because new orleans man it's new orleans it's, it's it's such an iconic town city for music and and having these music musicians to represent that iconic status is perfect you know it's yeah 
I'm I'm just so I just feel so grateful and fortunate to be a part of that, to be a part of that family, because a lot of those people, most of those people grew up here. They, they've been doing this for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, however long. Um, and I, but I'm just an equal of that in that community to to them. That's the way I'm treated. And it's uh, that's the way it should be, man. It's not. You know, it's just not about uh, competition ever really you know well because when there's no egos and there's no jealousy and there's no like you said competition you know, that's the way it should be you know, it only exists you know when there is a certain level of talent there that and confidence that you know you don't need to prove yourself yeah um so i mean i just i was all glo- in the glow of that and then when we were done at six o'clock, I had to. I packed up my gear and I went to a second benefit for the day, which was for my friend, my good friend Jason Mosley. He's a drummer um, that I I worked with a lot here in New Orleans, um, and also was roommates with him for quite a, quite a while here too. Well, housemates. We were living a, a bunch of different musicians lived in this house. You say, mate. Yeah, and Jason is. One of my, if not my, the like favorite drummer uh, that I've played with here. He's just a monster talent, um, and he has a inoperable brain tumor, um, and he's he's been we've everybody's we've known about this now. Right around when Damon died, same thing. He announced like, uh, you know, I have cancer, brain cancer, and I'm going to be taking a uh, you know chemo and all that shit and uh uh a friend of his organized a uh uh, a gofundme to to raise money to help for the expenses because it's quite expensive and i contributed to that and a bunch of people all all of our friends did so that night that same sunday night there was a benefit for him to raise more money to help him out at at a uh, another place called rock and bowl which is a bowling alley and a bar and a a venue for bands all in one room and it's a cool place um and uh, a bunch of bands playing there so i went from the one benefit from with damon to to that not to play just to go just to go be uh attend and, and do my part with that and and to see jason i haven't seen him in a few months i hadn't seen him since this diagnosis so i, I wanted to make sure i went to see him and uh give him a big hug and talk to him for a while and and I got to do that and hung out there for a while. Uh, watching the bands, a couple original bands. Dude, kids, man. They, there were a couple bands, or there's one band where they were all kids and they were playing original music and they were fantastic. You know, like kids, late teens, early 20s kids. Right, yeah. And they were fantastic. Rock band, very, very unique thing. And, and, the songs were really good, and, and the, the guitar player was this this uh, woman TJ's son. Um, so I got to, to to enjoy that to just sit and watch this band. This is Sunday night, the same day of my one of the favorite days of my life. Right, it's, it's, continu- it's continuing. The oh, same just keeps, day. oh yeah, there's more too. I mean, yeah. So I watched those bands for a while. I, a bunch of the people that were at Damon's benefit came over to that to rock and roll, and uh, so everybody was benefit hopping. 
And uh, there were other people there that weren't at Damon's, so I got to see other people there too. And spent a couple hours there and then went with a couple friends to Bourbon Street and did just bar hopping, um, seeing all my friends out that were playing out Sunday night and had a blast and got up and jammed with a couple different bands um, and just again seeing people that i really like that i really admire and being a part of what's going on and you know i walk in the room and people say hey man you want to come up and play you know there's no pretense there's no ego there's there's no it's i'm happy to see you can you you want to be a part of this thing that i'm doing that i i want to share with you kind of thing and that was how i finished that night and that day so yeah. But how fitting, dude, that it is all about a brotherhood and a community, and you are the ambassador of cover band community. I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I call myself that. Yes, you are that. You're the ambassador of cover band central. Maybe I should put that on my business card. Ambassador of cover bands. Ambassador Steve Witchell. You must address me as ambassador. <laughs> ambassador Steve. Ambassador. <laughs> Actually, base is part of ambassador. And, and a, you address me as am, you are the ambassador. ambassador. I am the ambassador. <laughs> I am the ambassador of cover band. Yes, from now on, everybody like? must address me that way. Don't say hey, Steve. You must say hey, ambassador, Steve. You will call me ambassador of cover band. Yeah. <laughs> I love Make it. it so, number one. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Again. So uh, sorry. I dominated this whole broadcast here. It's okay. You are ambassador. You are allowed to do anything <laughs> you like. Recap. Yes. Um, but yeah. Good times. I'm kind of back in the groove. And uh, and yeah, it sounds like a very exciting couple of weeks you had there. Yeah. And looking forward to the next few weeks of playing. Crazy Corner and all the CBC stuff and who knows what else will come up because stuff happens. Things change. Imagine that. It's a wonderful thing. The only thing constant is change, Stevie. That's right. And if you choose not to make a choice or if you choose not to decide, <laughs> you still, you made, still a choice. made a choice. That's why I just botch Rush lyrics. All right, that's how I get out then. CoverBandCentral.com. Sign up for a free profile for you, your friend, or both. You, your band, or both. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, on Instagram. See you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.